Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I have one question for you. Do you like you? Thank you, yes. If we've got any more giveaways, you can have one of Marie's books because that deserves a reward. Do you like you? Our heartbeat and the theme we wanted woven throughout this conference was that we have a God in heaven who loves us and He is for you and He's all over you. He loves you dearly. But what I've discovered is that Great, I know God loves me, but have I got to that place in myself where I love myself? And what we've wanted and through all the items and through all the um, messages and just through the heartbeat of this conference, it really was about, you know what? God loves me and I love me. And um, what again, what I've discovered in my life and, and working with girls and spending time with women, I've discovered many of us, actually don't know how to love ourselves. I want you to turn right now to the girlfriend next to you and tell her something that you enjoy or love about her. All right. Do you know what is interesting to me with that exercise? I'm hearing lots of laughing. And you know what, we giggle because we you know, hear nice things, but a lot of the times we giggle because we're really bad at receiving love. And the thing is that we can't give what we ain't got. And what we really wanted you to leave with this, at, from this conference is that God loves you. You need to love yourself because you know what, girlfriend? You have to give love. How many have got an ATM card? Have you ever been like me where you've gone to put your ATM card into the machine? You've punched in your, um, yep, that one. Put in the money amount that you want and then it just goes, uh-uh. <laughs> and you're like cursing this machine. Like, it's my, give me my money. Like, I put it in there, give me my money. But you know what I've discovered about ATM machines? They can't give you what they don't have. So it's not so much that the, it, it doesn't have money. It means that my account is low and I'm asking for something from that account that's not in there. And so far at Beloved Conference, what we've been doing is been depositing into your account. Because we understand that we are loved by God so that we can love ourselves, but it doesn't stop there. It's not about, you know what, God loves me and I can rest assured in that truth, which is great. It's not even about God loves me, so therefore I can love myself. It's about God loves me so that I can love myself so that 
I can love others. And what I've understood and experienced in my life and what my ATM machine tells me is that if it ain't in, it can't come out. And so we have hammered and hammered and hammered the whole thought about God loves you and that you need to love you. When we played that AV in rehearsal, we were sitting on the front row and watching different things. And I reckon five, four, four out of the five girls went, I love it, but I'm not, not wearing makeup. <laughs> but that's not the point. My husband says, praise God for makeup. Makeup's an advantage. It's not about the makeup, it's about what the make in. And so if, you're not, if you haven't got that acceptance and that love and you love yourself from the inside, that's what comes out. And this, you might be sitting there saying, well, why is it so important for us to feel loved? Why is it so important for me to love myself? Why? And I'm saying, because you've got to love others. Well, why do I need to love others? I'm so glad you're thinking that question. Because Matthew 22, verse 36 says this. The disciples are talking to Jesus. And so they're asking Him different questions and He's teaching them. And one of the disciples says to Him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. We are here to make a difference in this world. And you know what? I actually don't think it's that hard. We get this mentality that to make a difference in the world, I've got to do something major and dramatic. It's like I've got to go over into a third world country and build a hospital or do something, make some scientific discovery or some invention and breakthrough and then I'm making a difference. But you know what? You know how you make a difference in this world? Love one another. And we live in a world where love is so cheap, it's so watered down, it's got um, boundaries on it, it's got stipulations to it. We, have, we love in, in such a way that um, it's measured love. It's actually not that hard for us to make a difference. If we just understood God loves me, I love me, and if I love me, I then in turn can love others the way I love me. In, um, where is it? 1 John 4, chapter 7. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son amongst us as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. So therefore, we should love one another. I wanted to finish this conference with the charge that love goes both ways. Love goes both ways. Love comes down from God to our hearts. Love goes from our hearts to ourselves, but then we, we don't stop there. This is kind of like the half-time scrimmage. You know, if you've ever watched sport and they kept the Teams come together at halftime and the coach talks about where they make adjustments. This is halftime pep talk. 
Love goes both ways. We have talked to you about love. We've shown, sung songs about love. We've shown AVs about love. There's been messages and sermons about love. Love goes both ways. Now you know you are the beloved of God. Now you know how much God loves you and you dare to believe you can have that love for yourself. Now here's what we want you to do. Go and love others. Don't just keep it to yourself. Go and love others. And I just thought it would be great to finish our time. I'm going to look at a couple of women in the Bible, a story of where they displayed love. Because like I said, we have this concept that sharing the love of Jesus, we have to be theological scholars. We've got to have wisdom and we've got to go do dramatic things. But you know what? If we love one another, that John Scripture says that people see God. I don't have to have some major revelation and talk to you about what God downloaded to me in this, what I understood when I read the chapters. If I love my friends, if I love strangers, God is glorified. God is shown. And then we'll be amazed at the opportunities to speak to people about God. And people say, oh, but you know what? I wanna tell my friends about Jesus, but I don't know how to. I'm saying, love them. If you love them, there's an opportunity there. They will say, what is it? Because God says in His Word, if you love one another, they will see me. So I wanna look um, at some women in the Bible and talk about that. In Luke chapter eight, it's um, talking about in verse one to four, it says, after Jesus had travelled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, the 12 were with Him. And also some women who'd been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herald's household, Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. So Jesus had his ministry and Luke's talking in the Gospels and he's talking about just the different events and the different things that Jesus did. And Jesus had his disciples and then he had a crowd who followed. And in this crowd were these women. And what I find really interesting is Luke, when it goes on, it talks in, about the Garden of Gethsemane. That's the place where Jesus was before he was betrayed by Judas and uh, arrested and then sent on to be crucified. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, it talks about how the disciples fled. So the men who had been with him, and I'm not bagging the men, but I'm just saying the men who had been with him fled. But in, further on in Luke chapter 23, it says, a large number of people followed him including women who mourned and wailed for him. This is on the way to the, uh, to the crucifixion site. So the disciples had fled, but the women were still there. They are present at his crucifixion. And I just wanna look at what they did that kept them there, an opportunity where others could have been there, but they weren't because love goes both ways. And so I wanna just look at these women and what their love looked like. Does that sound like a plan? Awesome. Alrighty. So the first thing, what does this women's love look like? Love, this is what I get out of this story and the account of these women who are at the foot of the cross while Jesus is being crucified. And my first thought is that love stays. Remember, we're talking about how do I love another? Well, here's how we love another. Love stays. We live in a society where it's so easy to check out you know what, you offend me, you upset me, you say something I don't like, you do something I don't like, you wear something I don't like, you like someone I don't like. We check out all the time. There's such a dearth of commitment and stickability in the world today. 
And sadly, it actually isn't too much different between the world and the church. You say something I don't like, I'm gone. You do something I don't like, I'm gone. You didn't say hello to me when I saw you, I'm gone. People, love stays. You want an opportunity to be able to share about your faith and the great things that God has done in your life? Then you've got to love one another, which means love stays. And I'm telling you, it's not always easy to stay. Who's got a dog? Have you ever had to train a dog to stay? There's a great picture right there of what God, how God treats us. It's like, stay. And they're like, <sighs> especially my dog is like, he's Tony's dog. Because <laughs> he's disobedient. <laughs> no. But you know what? To teaching him to stay. It's like, Tobias, stay. You know, especially when you're trying to do his food. He's like, if you go near his food, oh, he turns into, not Tobias, but demoniac. <laughs> So to teach a dog to say so hard. And yet sometimes there's a picture of what God's trying to do with us. It's like, stay. Girlfriend, stay. You cannot tell me that when those women were at that cross, that it was fun. So I'm here to tell you, you know what? Just because it's not fun doesn't mean you shouldn't stay. And we've got this mentality, well, it's not fun anymore, so I'm out. It's like, it doesn't work that way. For those women who were watching Jesus being crucified on the cross, it wasn't fun. But love stays. You know, your emotions won't keep you. Because do you really think that the women were enjoying that? I mean, that was Jesus' mother was one of those women. And then there were other women of which Jesus had touched and brought healing. They wouldn't have been enjoying. Their emotions would have been, you know what? I don't want to go. I mean, who's seen the passion of the Christ? So even that's a movie, but that's horrific to watch. But that's nothing in comparison to the reality and the realness of what actually happened. And yet these women stayed. Not because they were, I'm emotionally strong enough to stay. No, because love stays. And I don't know the situation that you're in and I don't know what you're struggling with. But you know what? If you rely on your emotions, you won't be staying. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Not those of us who are led by their, our emotions. And as women, we've got emotions. You've got to understand emotions are God-given and God-designed. But we need to be in control of our emotions, not our emotions in control of us. And so no matter what is happening in your situation and your circumstance, you have to have a revelation to understand love stays. I might not be enjoying this right now. I'm not feeling all happy and joyful about it, but I understand God's hand is in it and love stays. Your position won't keep you. We've already said the disciples fled. They were the ones who had the position. They were the 12. They were the in crowd. They were in. And yet there's no mention of them at the foot of the, other than John, the disciple that Jesus loved, John known as the beloved. He was there, but the others fled. Your position won't keep you. We see that in marriage all the time. Just because you're a wife doesn't mean you're going to stay there. The law won't keep you. I've got a marriage certificate, but I can tell you my marriage certificate doesn't keep me married. It's a piece of paper that declares I am married, but it's not the marriage. That piece of paper has no authority or no effect in the decisions and the choices I make to stay. Or even Tony, I can't hold the marriage certificate at him and say, you've got to stay because this says, and you can't rip it. Mine must be laminated. I think he laminated it so I couldn't. Rules and regulations won't keep you there. It's a legal document. You know what? 
We, just, we do Christianity. That's why there's, we're trying to do lots of stuff that's fun and love and talks about relationships. Why Marie opened with come away with me because we do Christianity like rules and regulations. Remind me, what am I allowed to do again? What can't I do? Can we drink? Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Give me the rules. And when you're like me, I'm a list girl. I do have ducks in a row. I don't like ducks in a circle having fun. I don't, my ducks are not having fun. They are lined up and they're doing what they're told, when they're told and how they should be doing it. It's just the way I am. It's just the way I'm wired. But you know what? That's not helpful in relationship. That's cool sometimes with my kids, but if I treated my kids and my husband that way all the time, it wouldn't be fun in our house. Now, sometimes you need that, and it's good to know how you're wired, but you know what? We approach our Christian walk like that, and it's a relationship with a living, loving God who wants to do life with you, and we've got to be loosey-goosey rather than like, you, I said you will love me, and you will love me now. <laughs> like, it doesn't work naturally. It certainly doesn't work spiritually. Love stays Your rules and regulations won't keep you there. Your comfort zone or your tolerance level won't keep you there. I mean, these women, he said, wife of Susa. So she had other commitments she had to do. It's not like she could just say, see you, Suze, I'll be back whenever. It's like, so she was still a wife. She's possibly a mother. They had other commitments. I mean, Jesus' mother was there. He had brothers. They had other commitments. Your, your, Your tolerance level and your comfort zone won't keep you. Love stays, not your comfort zone. The fear, imagine the fear that's in there because they're watching this man be crucified. The disciples have fled. They're at the foot of the cross. Wouldn't you think they'd be thinking, oh, what if I'm going to end up that way? Like fear. Fear won't keep you there. Love stays. And I'm not sure where you're at I'm not sure the situation that you're in. I don't know what God has been asking you to do, the relationships and the friendships. Possibly you've been trying to share the love of God to someone. Possibly you've invited them again and again. They keep saying no. Maybe they're rude to you. I don't know, but I just want to encourage you with this. Love stays. What, you know, sometimes you know, if you're trying to work with kids and train them and do stuff, and you'd find yourself going, how much longer, Lord? And I always hear him say, one more time. One more time. And God says that to me all the time, and I'm sure He's saying it to you. Whatever that situation, that circumstance, oh, I'm, I'm over it. I just, this is not worth it anymore. I'm not going to be bothered. I can't be bothered. I just feel the heart of God saying, one more time. One more time. Because when you know how to be loved, you'll know how to give love. And I just want to quickly do a side note on that. I used a lot of marriage analogies. And if you're here today, and you are in an unsafe relationship, please don't take these words and say that you have to stay because I said, if you're in an unsafe situation right now, you need to speak to one, come and speak to me after or one of the leaders. So please don't use that. But for 99.9% of us aren't in that situation. And we can't use that excuse, well, I'm just out because it's, no. You know what? For the majority of us, love stays. So what does love do? Love stays. The second thing when I look at this and I see the women is love follows. Continuing down in Luke, in chapter 23, it says, The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Once Jesus was deemed dead and crucified, Joseph of Arimathea asked if he could take the body of Jesus and lay him in a tomb. 
And that scripture is telling us that the women obviously watched the whole proceeding and they followed to see where they laid Jesus' body. And the definition of follow is to move in the same direction. And I want to remind you and remind myself that when you love something or you love someone, you want to move in the same direction. Often um, people ask me, when did you know that you were going to go into ministry and plant a church? Now we've been leading this church for 21 years. And I said, and, and, and most people are asking that question because they want to know what was the big God revelation that came to you? The big God revelation was I came home from work one day and Tony said to me, I've just had a meeting with our pastor. He has suggested that we start a church and we're doing so in two weeks. Now, I don't think it was two weeks, but what, what, but what I'm saying, my, my God revelation was my husband said, this is what God's doing. And I said, cool, because love follows. I didn't need a big God revelation for myself. It's just like, love follows. We're moving in the same direction. He came and said, this is what's going on. I'm like, I'm cool with that. And I've spent my Christian walk doing that with God. I'm doing things today I never dreamed I would do. And sometimes people look at it and they say, oh, well, it's all right for you. It's like, you've got no idea. Seriously. Now, my husband tells stories about how shy he was. My favourite story is when he pooed his pants. (laughs) He says he was eight. I reckon he was older, but anyway. He was so shy. It's always fun telling other people's stories rather than your own. (laughs) He was so shy. He uh, he was playing at his friend's um, house and he wouldn't ask where the bathroom was. So he thought it was less embarrassing to poo his pants and play and then just go home and obviously empty that out afterwards than to ask. Now, I don't have any poo your pants story. Well, I do, but not in, no. I'm sure I do. But my my story isn't, I'm not as, I suppose, freaked out or that, but this was not what I saw me doing. This was not where I saw me. I was also, I was so happy in just letting Tony do his thing and I was the dutiful wife who just stood by his side. The problem is when you have a call, you can't just be the dutiful wife who stands by your side, especially if you've got a husband who recognises a call and has spent most of his life dragging it out of you. Now, unfortunately, I should never have put him in a position where he had to drag it out of me. You know, well, I should have responded to my father myself to say, actually, I see that. And I've learnt that. But I'm doing things today that I never thought I would do. I don't see any as to why me, but I'm simply doing them because I said yes to God and followed him. He said, would you do this? And after five times of saying no, I finally said, yes, okay, because love follows. You know what? The women had a concept. I mean, Jesus had touched their lives. He'd set them free. They had an understanding that this was the Saviour. This was the man who was coming to set us free from Roman rule. And here they are now standing at the cross and he's being crucified. Can I tell you, following does not require understanding. Sometimes we say, no, my God, you plan it all out. You map it all out. You give me everything again, our ducks in a row, eyes dotted, T's crossed, then I'll follow. Girlfriend, we can't wait for understanding. Faith follows. Love follows. When someone says, do this, 
This is what we do. When God says, I want you to do this, no, don't wait for understanding. No, no, God loves us. And I, I think He'll come alongside and He'll do things to try and just help us along. You're like a little chick with the ducks. But then we have to get to a point, if we're talking about love, we've just got to get to the point, follow, I don't understand and I don't know why, but I know you and I know what you want me to do and that I'm going to follow. And like I said, there's so much unfollowing. I was going to say disfollowing, it's not a word. But there's so much unfollowing out in the world. And I'm not talking just on social media. Somebody posts something, you don't like it, so unfollow them. It's like there's so much. We like to think we're Lord and Masters of our own life. And don't you dare tell me what I can do and can't do. But yet we're such hypocrites. Because most of us in here are either mums or will be mums one day. And so while we have this inner posture that says, don't you tell me what I can and can't do, most of us expect our kids to do what it is we tell them they can and can't do, don't we? Or am I the only hypocrite? No. And we just got to remember, we do. We have this, don't you tell me what to do. And yet I have an expectation that my kids are going to do what I've asked them to do. And so I don't love follows. It just says, you know, I don't understand. I don't get it. But because I love you, I'll follow. Following is, again, you don't have to understand to follow, but following isn't convenient. I'm sure those women, like I said, it was the wife of Sousa, Joanna, they had other commitments. They had families, but they loved Jesus. And because they loved Jesus and what he did for them, they followed. They didn't say, oh, you know what? I'm I'm a little bit too committed to doing that. I've got too much on. Love follows. Remember, if we love one another, people will see God. And so what is God asking you to do that you need to follow? What's he saying to you? And we just like, no, no, no. You know what? You don't get it, God. It's not convenient. Or you don't get it. I don't understand. Explain it to me. It doesn't wash with God. Love just follows. And this is what I love when I read that. It says, by following the body of Jesus, the women knew the way to the tomb. And therefore, they could lead others. They knew where Jesus' body had been laid. If they hadn't followed to see where they'd laid Jesus, when they went back to anoint him and he wasn't there, they wouldn't have been able to bring the disciples to the place of where he was. When you follow, you know the way. And then when you know the way, you can lead others. And we're talking about how do we make a difference in this world? It's by love we make a difference, by receiving love and then giving love and love follows. And I want to remind you, what is God asking you to do? Is He asking you to forgive that offence? Is He asking you possibly to be generous? It's great that you're generous with your family. It's great that you're generous with those you love. But maybe God's been on your case about, you know what? You need to lift your eyes and just live a little bit outside of your own circumstance and sphere. Maybe God's asking you to get involved. I don't know what God is asking you. I do know that He's asking you to follow because love follows. Jesus followed his father's direction. In Luke chapter 22, when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Love says, not my will, but yours be done. Sounds like a follow to me. So love not only stays, love follows. Thirdly, love cares. When I look at these women's lives and see what there's going on, love cares. 
Again, further down in Luke chapter 23, verse 56, says, The women went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. The women realised that when Joseph had taken the body and he laid it in the tomb, they hadn't been, he hadn't been prepared for burial. And in the Israelite times, there was great custom in preparing a body for burial. So love cares. You know what? You could adopt the attitude that, oh, it doesn't matter, he's dead now. But love cares and says, you know what? In terms of our um, tradition, in terms of what we hold dear, it would be important for him and his family that this tradition is upheld. And so they went and prepared um, the spices to be able to come back after the Sabbath and anoint Jesus. Love cares. When you care, you notice little things. I was at the supermarket uh, the other day and there was a mum, she had a trolley and she had a little toddler and the toddler had fallen asleep on her arm and it was probably about two, so it wasn't light. And I just pulled my trolley in behind her and I could see she was trying to get the stuff out of the trolley, but it's really hard to do that when you've got this big dead weight on your arm. So I had enough sense to actually ask because I thought if I start just getting in there and helping, she'll probably think... uh, go get your own off the shelf, you know, don't take mine. So I just said to her, I said, can I help you? Like, just, you, you sit back there, you just hold your baby and I'll just, I loaded up the, um, that thing, the conveyor belt. I don't know it because actually, I like going to self-serve. I'm a closet wannabe checkout chick. I, when women tell me I hate supermarket, I go, Really? I don't know, it's just an insight into my warped personality. So I love to go and do it myself. I think I like to do it quick and because and I don't really like the way you pack my stuff, I'll pack it myself. That's probably what it is. But anyway, this one time I was behind this woman. So I said, can I, and so I just unloaded her trolley onto the um, conveyor belt. I tell you, six or seven times she kept saying, oh, thank you, oh, thank you. And I was just like, oh, it's no big deal. But love cares. That is so obviously foreign to that woman, but I wouldn't say it's wider than that, that somebody actually took the time to look past their own circumstance and situation and care for someone. And it was easy. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, I use that same stuff too. You know. Now, you can say to me, well, did you, did you introduce her to Jesus? Did you even tell her what? It's like, it's not the point. Love cares. People know God exists because you love one another. I just extended love to her. I may never see her again, but you know what? She's probably sitting around the dinner table now. I was at the supermarket the other day and this woman, I couldn't believe it. She helped me. Have you ever been helped at the supermarket? Oh, I don't know how God will use it. She may never think of me again. It doesn't matter. It's about love cares. And I went beyond myself and said, you know what? I can see into this situation. I can do something someone else can build on. I can do, I don't know what's happened before. What if this is the fourth random, random act of kindness that has happened to her? And she's just like, something's going on because someone's trying to get my attention. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, you don't know. How many times have you said, I know there are women here who said, okay, God, if you're real, do this. Then you go, whoa. <laughs> he did it. Yes, because he's real. Maybe she said, if a woman helps me unpack my supermarket trolley, oh no, you're real. I don't know. <laughs> but love cares. Honestly, our world is dying to experience love and it's not that hard. We just got to love one another. 
But you can't love one another unless you love yourself. And you can't love yourself unless you understand that God loves you. And love stays. Love follows. It's because I couldn't see my notes. (laughs) Love cares. Care doesn't take things for granted. Do you know what really, this is, I was going to say pet peeve, but it's not a good um, analogy for what I'm going to say. Because when I go into the bathroom, I cannot stand it when it's messy. Because it just says to me, nobody cares. So I go into any bathroom. So I said pet peeve, got it? That's why I said, shouldn't say pet peeve. But I'll go into any bathroom public bathroom or not, and if it's messy, I grab the hand towel, I wipe it down. I can't stand it. Just like, you girls are slobs. Like, it gets even worse. If I go into a toilet stall and it's disgusting, I can't just turn around and walk out. Because it's like, even though that's disgusting and I'm gagging, I'm just like, someone else is going to come in here. And really, why should they have that mess? Yes, someone shouldn't have left it, but why should I leave it for someone else? It's just, I know, I'm warped. I told you. So you'll find me, I'm wiping down toilets. It's because I just, because love cares. Because I don't want someone to come and it's like toilet paper. That's my other pet peeve. Nobody replaces a toilet paper. And the last thing I want is some poor girl to go to the toilet and it's like, (gasps) you know, because you've had to do it. It drives me insane, so I don't ever want that to happen to somebody. So, have you ever gone into a toilet stall, someone's come out and obviously didn't have toilet paper for them or they finished it and they didn't say anything? And they're oh, are you! You're the lady that had the pink top on, thanks! I come out and I say, sorry, don't go in there, there's no toilet paper. It's not that hard. It's just like saying there's something in your teeth and you've tucked your jacket into your undies. It's like... Love cares. So when I go into the bathroom after you, it'll all be gone. (laughs) Care doesn't take things for granted. Caring gets involved. There's nothing too hard when you care. Yeah, it may be difficult, but it doesn't mean it's too hard. Love cares. Care gets involved. Caring considers the cost, but then pays it. I get so sad to see a lot of girls, they consider the cost. I weigh it up. But then we, that's where we stop. I've considered the cost and come up to the conclusion that it's too costly. Can you imagine if Jesus came up to that conclusion? Considered the cost of going on the cross. Yeah, nah. Love cares. Just you know what? I've con- that is a cost. I'm not diminishing that. I'm not saying, ah, oh, maybe we can sort something out. But you know what? In my heart of hearts, I'm prepared to pay that cost. Because love cares. And because God loved me, I love myself, I can love others, and maybe, maybe this world can see God. Fourthly, love works. Luke chapter 24 says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They didn't leave the job unfinished. So not only had they seen that Jesus, where Jesus' body was, they seen that he hadn't been prepared. They went home and prepared the spices. They had to rest on the Sabbath day. They couldn't do anything. 
And then as soon as they were able, the next day, they went to anoint his body. Love works. Now, you know what? That would have been a pretty emotional time for them, pretty draining, pretty exhausting. You could think we could cut them some slack and say, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, his family didn't do it. What's it matter? Well, you know what? Love works. Love says, you know what? I am going to do something. It wasn't easy. It wasn't free. But love works. They didn't leave the job unfinished. I love Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know what? You want to make a difference in this world by loving them? Then let's work. Let's see things through. There's so much stuff where people, I'm tired of hearing people say and hearing myself say, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Gonna. Kind of such an easy word to say, not such an easy word to finish. And we know what, love works. We've just got to start seeing things to completion. That friend, that relationship, whatever it is that you've been building and doing, get to that point, just, you know what, love works. I'm just, I'm going to see this to completion. It may not look how I think, but I want, I want to see this to completion. Not now I got too hard, so I didn't bother. I did this and I, you know, nah, it's too hard, I can't be bothered. Love works. Like I said, those women would have been tired from the previous day's events. They would have been emotionally, physically, spiritually drained. You know what? It's not that hard to find excuses today. Do you agree? We can excuse anything. and It's just like, it's so easy to find excuses. What is hard is to find someone who says, you know what? I am tired. Because not, it's not about denial. It's not about saying, well, you're not tired. Hyper faith. No, you're not tired. No, no, you're not. Yeah, you know what? I'm tired. I've uh, had four hours sleep. I've got, my kids have been waking me up in the night. I'm worrying about this. I'm, doing, I'm tired. But you know what? Just because I'm tired doesn't mean I'm not going to get involved. Just because I'm tired doesn't mean I'm not going to see this to completion. I face the fact I'm tired. Yes, it's called life. Tired. Yes, same thing. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it stops me from doing anything. Love works. There's always, always, always a reason to not say yes. But love, I feel, is always looking for the reason to say yes. We just got to start being girls who say yes. And again, I love what Marie said about it's a different journey, but the same grace. So my yes isn't your yes, but your yes is your yes. So you don't have to look at what I have to do or what Marie has to do or what others have to do. What is God asking you to do? And do your yes. Not all, you know, or here's the other thing. It's not only like, oh, I couldn't do that. Then it's like, well, unless I do that, I don't want to do it because I want to do that. And I've had those conversations too because I really think I can sing. But apparently, (laughs) our house is filled with music. We all sing. The problem is only Jordan and Mitchell can sing. (laughs) Tony and I... Well, my joke is, because Tony's nickname's Tone, I always say, well, I'm Tone Deaf. Because, did you say something? Did you? Did you? So that's my joke for why I can't sing so good. So I can look at Elise and Naomi and go, we know when they belt out those songs and the hairs on your arms stand up and on your legs and under your armpits. Like, Woo! And you're like, yeah. But then you say, why? how come I can't sing like that? Because, you know, I could have walked out at the intro of my thing like, do you love you? Because I, I can see it, seriously. Like, 
but you don't want to hear it. And it's the same with us. We're either like, oh, I couldn't do that, which is why I love Marie's session on about speak up, shut up, stand up. So we're either trying to be, oh, I can't do that and I can't do that and I can't do that, or we were, I want to do it that way though. You know what? Just your yes. What's your yes? What's your yes? No, oh, I've got plenty of no's. No, 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 no. We didn't know. We know what? We've got to change no to yes. But what is your yes? There's a hurting humanity that just needs to see God. They really need to see God. And we are trying to get all philosophical and theological and win debates and arguments. I'm saying, if you love one another, they'll see God. You don't have to worry about what you don't know. I love it. Mark Twain says, it's not what I don't know about the Bible that concerns me. It's what I do. And we're so busy about what I don't know. Like Again, Marie said, what I don't have, what I don't have. Don't worry about what you don't have. What do you have? And if you can love one another, they will see God. We can make a massive difference in this world if we receive the love of God, believe that He loves me and love ourselves and then in turn love one another. Our whole thought and concept with this conference was that you need to know how to be loved so that you know how to give love. That's what we wanted filtered through this whole conference, that the women would understand, I am loved by God. And because I'm loved by God, I am lovely. And because I love myself and the way He's created me with all my little ducks in a row, silly thinking, I then can love others. Because the Scripture said, love others as... Yourself, just in case you missed it. Love others as yourself. And I think there's a picture there. When we look at society and think, why do they not love God? Because maybe they see God, how we are displaying our love for one another. And it's time for us to know I'm beloved so that I can give love. Remember 1 John 4.12, which I said, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God can be seen. And I don't know about you, but I'm desperate for this world to see God. Because this world would be a better place if we all knew and understood God. If we lived in His commands and lived life His way. And I have a responsibility to be able to, part of my understanding and knowing that I'm a Christian is to go and make disciples. And I don't have to theologically Bible bash them, but how about I just love them? And if I love them, potentially they'll say, what is it about you? Next time I see that mum with the baby in the trolley, you're the lady who did that. Hey, can I ask you? I don't know how many times we've been in a restaurant as a family and you just have fun and you're doing what you do without even realising. And then people, managers or whatever come and say, you guys, your kids are well behaved. I'm like, that's drugs, buddy. <laughs> no. <laughs> but honestly, how many times we've had that? They'd just say, your kids, they're well behaved. They're well mannered. They say, please, they say, thank you. It's, it's not hard to get into people's lives. And I don't have to sit down and say, well, let me take you to the place in the Scripture. Just live it. If we love one another, people will see God. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 